This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. For those about to rock, we salute you. Hello, kitties. Oi, oi. And we're going to have a good time together. Indeed. It's interesting. We're talking with uh, Scott from Little Feet. Mm-hmm. And at first blush, you might think he's only been in the band for a few months. What does he know? Why is he the person to talk to? <laughs> you would? One might. Okay. Not, not me. I mean, Scott's now a close personal friend of ours. All right. I would. I, but I feel like it's sort of, I was thinking about it the other day. Right now in Little Feet's uh, career, you know, they are further away from let it roll and introducing the mambo then that band was from the Lowell George era. So really when you get into it, this is a whole new thing. And we get into it a bit in the conversation, the idea that this is a new move for the feet and to have somebody who, and I think he says it early on, grew up on little feet, grew up learning to solo like Lowell George. It's a very interesting conversation and just, it makes you want to dig out, all of their records and all their different variations. And we play a little bit of the 45th anniversary recording of Fat Men in a Bathtub. And I I defy you to tell me what the difference is in the sound and in the tonation and everything else. Like it just, it sounds like Little Feet, which is all you want. Indeed what you'd want. Yeah. So um, anything else to share musically today, Heidi? I don't know. Okay, good talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, thank you for sharing. Uh-huh. I mean, there's always um, something to share musically. There is. Well, I, I would say this to mm-hmm. everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And if you are new to the party, as it were, if you came here because you saw Little Feet and got excited, you, welcome. We are just like you. But also, uh, please, was it like, subscribe, share, download? Wait, give us a review. Hell, give us a review. But we we've got do, a bunch of, we've we got a bunch some of some reviews yeah. on the show. <laughs> always, always good. And we've got a bunch of really good episodes coming up, conversations we've already recorded. And it's a great mixture of folks you know and love and folks that you will know and love. You just don't know that yet. Right. And what more could you ask for from and any maybe program? You don't love, but you can learn from. Why? Who don't you like? Which one of our guests do you hate? I didn't say I hate it. I didn't <laughs> say me. I said. No, well, it sounded like you were. Implying. Well, it's impossible to love everything. Mm, okay. Well, what do you hate? Let's go. You go first. No, I don't hate any of our guests. <laughs> I, I sometimes hate you, but. Oh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I, all I'm saying is at first glance, there may be a genre or someone you may not have heard of where you're like, eh, I don't know if I like that. But then when you listen, you realize either that you do like them or, you know, still not my cup of tea, but that's pretty cool what they did there. Okay. I get that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that to that. I think you could even sum up even quicker and pithier by saying you just need to be willing. Yes, this is true. Wow. And there we go. Well done. My work here is done. Yep. You've got a ton going on right now. 
between. Yeah, yeah. Little feet is little feet is completely uh, finally reconstituted now that we've gotten through switching uh, drummers management and the pandemic, which was basically from when I joined the band in, uh, in uh, November of 2019 up to today, or at least up till no- last November. Really, it was about two years of or so of getting fully reconstituted. And. You've got your own solo album out right now, too, right? A recent album came out in the fall, too. Yeah, I put out a record. Uh, it's my sixth sixth solo album, Excellent. and it's called Rust Belt. And um, there are a lot of great musicians on it, but one of them is, is Bill Payne from Little Feet. He's on a couple songs, and um, it's, it's my, my favorite solo record I've ever made. But um, the timing of it was interesting because um, I started working on it uh, before the pandemic in about early 2019 and then when you know the the shit hit the proverbial fan for the whole business uh we took a six-month break and then and then we started recording it all over again okay and um yeah it it was a real passion project but of course you know by the time (laughs) i got to actually releasing this album on this label immediate family uh bill had decided to resign from the doobie brothers and we got with vector management and got back with our agent Seth Rappaport for Lippy. And then it became like, all right, well, I'm I'm not going to be able to promote the solo album because this is way more important. So my focus is 100% on Little Feet for the foreseeable future. But uh, I'm really proud the album's out. I encourage everyone to listen to it. It's on Spotify, Amazon, and you can buy it on Compact Disc if you want to be old school. Wow. Um, but there's only one place to get it, and it's on the immediate family website. Okay. So that's the place. I'm a Detroit girl. I'm a Michigan girl, born and bred. I know your family hails from here. You're originally from here. But I I often ask our guests, because this happens all the time with our guests, everybody loves Michigan and Detroit. We we are the greatest music state of all. Disagree or agree? Well, I think my my good friends from Memphis (laughs) say it best, because it's a common saying down there. And I think uh, Aretha Franklin explains this theory, but there are many other musicians. Uh, they call Detroit North Memphis. That, that works. I'll take that. So every, that. you know, it's kind of like, but also, you know, they laugh at the idea of like Chicago blues or Detroit blues. I mean, their point, which is correct, is that the genesis of the American musical renaissance is the South. Sure. And all those figures, you know, Aretha was born in Memphis. Obviously, her father was a very famous preacher from Memphis at a very famous congregation, good friends with Martin Luther King and all that. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then the whole Motown thing, whether you're talking about anybody, you know, Smokey Robinson and all those cats, they were all their families were all from the South. Right. Um, Many of us are up here. So I always think of the Midwest as like the honorary South. And that's definitely how I was raised. All right. That's fair. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Very close cousin. Yes. Of the yes. South. Yes. How did that feel when it all sort of came back together, knowing that this was moving forward and being a part of Little Feet and being a part of this yet another legendary band? This is not your first foray with the legends. Yeah, it's I've been I've been very, very lucky to play with, you know, my um my Beatles and Rolling Stones in my house were not the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. They were the Almond Brothers and Little Feet. 
So, you know, after doing almost a decade with Greg and, 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 you know, and losing him, which was very, very difficult, um, you know, to come into Little Feet and be one of the singers and, 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 and be a, a band member with these guys is just an absolute insane dream come true. Cause Will George was always, since I was a little kid, my, my number one influence as a singer songwriter and as a slide guitarist as well. You know, I started playing slide because of Lowell and Paul Barrere and also their, you know, their kind of like their influences, which would be like besides of the obvious of like Muddy Waters and Earl Hooker and those people is like Ry Cooter um, and Bonnie Raitt, um, who was, you know, one of their one of their uh, peers, of course. But they all share a similar guitar, uh, slide guitar style and sound. And that was the first slide guitar sound that caught my ear. And by when it caught my ear, I mean, when I was like nine or 10 years old. And that was how I learned to play guitar was in bare open tunings with using a metal socket from my dad's Sears and Craftsman socket set, like the one Lowell had. Um, so that was amazing. And then to have it come together with my old friend, Tony Leone is our, is our drummer. And he also sings in the band. He sings, um, he sings beautifully. He does uh, um, some of Paul's stuff. Um, really, really amazing. And he's singing all of Richie's high harmonies, which to hear those again, because um, we haven't had those since Richie was with us, is just spine tingling to have him add that mix to the vocal blend. And his drumming is just beautiful, man. It's like every night is like Richie was always one, one of my favorite musicians. And to hear Tony kind of embody that, when we all came back together and played in a rehearsal studio in Long Island back in November of 21, it was amazing to just hear the band with this old friend of mine and have him embarking on the same challenge I am, which is kind of like, how do you honor these completely uh, singular genius musicians and also be yourself, but also as a fan, you know, please yourself, wherever you're sitting in the auditorium going, okay, well, I'm going to give this guy a pass. He's, <laughs> he right. can be there, <laughs> you know? Right. right. So we've been on that journey together and, and it was November of 21 was the first time we got to do it in a room and play with the guys. And we did, I tell you what, these guys are, these guys are wearing us out, man. We did four days of rehearsals in a row. And then we did three shows in a row, all in a row with no day off. And, and these guys on the seventh day or whatever it was, you know, uh, Kenny and Fred and Sam and Bill, they were ready to keep going. You know, I mean, they're playing better than ever. And, and their enthusiasm for music and their, their love, their humility, it's so inspiring. It's, I've been lucky. It's not the first time I've experienced it. When I was a kid, I experienced it with like Hubert Sumlin and Pine Top Perkins and then and Buddy Miles. And then when I was, you know, in my 20s and 30s, like the few times that I recorded or played with Lee Von Helm and then obviously the whole partnership with Greg, all these guys have that in common. It's a very tribal approach. But I can tell you these guys are they're, they're the best of the best all around. And and every every gig on that tour and this tour has just been like a learning experience for me that's just been so fulfilling and amazing. It's pretty well, awesome to hear you talk too that, you know, you've you've had all these incredible experiences been able to play with all these legends and people you love and obviously based on your talent in your own right but to hear you talk about it you haven't lost it doesn't feel like you've lost that still that sense of not awe but like wonder of the fact that you are 
experiencing this. Like it hasn't diminished because you've done it so many times with so many great people. Well, we're kind of in whatever way we can, we're trying to protect the legacy of this band that we love so much. Uh, it's a very protective feeling and it's an incredible amount of pressure on ourselves. I won't lie, Yeah. but the fans have been amazing. And the other thing, you know, Tony Leone and I've been really lucky because, you know, Tony played double drums with Levon Helm for a long time. That's how I first met him. And, um, you know, Tony was in Chris Robinson's brotherhood for many years. And these are all kind of like, kind of in a, a family or a universe of rock bands. And Tony also, by the way, played with Phil Lesh quite a bit with his band. So we've all been kind of part of this one family. And with the fans of Little Feet, it's amazing how many, like we were on the Southern run right now and, and we did uh, Charleston and now we're in Florida. You know, every night I'll hear people, you know, screaming Greg's name or, you know, and then Tony, same thing. You know, there's fans of Phil or Chris who come out to see us. There's a lot of crossover and we've been lucky to have their love and support, you know, coming from those other families into this family. So that's been an advantage for us with the fans too, that helps us feel a little more comfortable. You said the guys uh, were ready to go after three days and just like, all right, cool. Let's, let's hit the road and go. I mean, you had, how much leeway did you have or lead time, I guess, have from getting the call where I pray to God, they asked you if you were willing um, the number of songs you had to learn to be able to take, get on the stage with them and be able to hold your own. Well, that's a good question. And there are, there are two chapters to it because of, uh, the pandemic. So mm -hmm. the first chapter for me with little feet was in, I believe it was October of 2019. If I remember correctly, I can't remember the exact day that Paul Barrera passed away, but I think it was in October. Was that it right? It sounds right. Yeah. So, um, I'd say like late September, early October, 2019, I got a call uh, from Bill Payne kind of out of nowhere. Although I had heard from some different people, my friends from the Doobie brothers had recommended me to sub for Larry Campbell and Teresa Williams, who are old friends of mine as well. No pressure. In the there. Woodstock area. <laughs> well, there, well, luckily, you know, luckily I've, I've played with, with uh, Larry and Teresa and they're, you know, we're all kind of part of this whole New York click of people and and it's uh i've got a lot of love and respect for what they do and i was really excited to hear that they were able to cover for paul when he was ill but they had some commitments uh, with their own band and they couldn't do the last two shows of this little feat i believe it was their 50th anniversary tour right mm -hmm. it's a, yeah i believe so yeah and it was the last two shows and they were covering for paul paul was very ill so Bill called me and he, he, you know, was, I, I mean, I told him right away, you know, I'm like how much I love the band. I mean, if, if at any time you go to my bio on my website, I talk about little feet a lot as one of my biggest inspirations. And he pointed that out. And, uh, and Bill said to me, um, you know, uh, a lot of people think they know our music and they don't. So you're really going to have to check this stuff out. And, um, you know, I think he was a little nervous, especially about me singing some of the stuff because Bill and I had played together with me playing guitar with, you know, sitting in with the Doobie brothers when we'd been on tours with Greg, but he had never heard me sing. He checked me out online. He liked what he heard, but you know, again, what, you know, back to exhibit a, right. <laughs> Everyone thinks they know our music and they don't when they go to play it. And I said, Bill, I can assure you, I know your music. I've been playing it 
since I was a child. Some of your songs is how I learned how to play music. And he's like, all right, cool. So I had to learn about 50 songs <laughs> and I had to learn to sing about 25 of them at first that would grow as the gig would go on. But the first gig I went into, uh, my friend Jay Collins was playing in the horn section on that tour. And I, as I was getting a ride over to the venue, Jay called me. Uh, and this is before I had met anybody in person from Little Feet. I had never met any of them except for Bill. And Jay called me and he goes, uh, Scott, um, the guys are going to be late to sound check to rehearse with you because they just found out that Paul passed away this morning. Wow. So I get to rehearsal and I start plugging my guitar in and the whole crew is crying and emotional. And it's the first time I'm meeting anyone. It's the first time I'm setting up my gear with them. Um, they come in a couple hours late and then I meet all of them for the first time. And the first thing I have to do is give my condolences. Um, we rehearsed for probably about an hour. Wasn't that much. And then we went out as we were getting ready to go on stage later. The guys were so, so kind to me and, and very cool. And I, you know, I was kind of like taking a breath. I was thinking a lot about, I was actually thinking a lot about Greg, like his last gigs and how I used to help, help him play and get on stage and get him through it. And I was looking at these guys and I'm just going, man, I can't imagine what they feel right now. And Bill came up to me and he said, look, you know, nobody knows that Paul has passed away. So, so, you know, we haven't announced it publicly. So when we go out on stage, I'm going to tell the fans. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. So he oh. goes out and announces it to the fans and basically introduces me and there we go. Um, and it was one of the most amazing gigs I've ever played in my life for energy. Um, these guys put their heart and soul into it. The fans were, it was Long Island. So it was, I was lucky because some people in the audience were familiar with my band and working with Greg and stuff. It was like a hometown crowd, as it were. And, you know, the biggest compliment I got was Bill came up to me at the end of the show and he just, you know, he put his arm around me before the bow and he goes, you do know our music, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I'd say the next day we played one more show, you know, the other show I was covering. And I, by the end of that gig, you know, everyone was basically like, you're in the band, come to Jamaica. And um, I did Jamaica and then the world stopped. And then I embarked on a year of self-reflection and work. We recorded some Little Feet tunes from afar. Tony Leone joined the band virtually and recorded two singles with us. We did a remake of Long Distance Love with Tony on drums. That was the first project. It was a recording and video project. Amy Helm was a guest on that, an old friend of all of ours. Mm -hmm. And then we recorded a, a song of Bill's called All Boats Rise, um, released that as a single. And then we recorded a new version of Fat Man in the Bathtub as well. Uh, this was all during the pandemic. And while that was going on, Tony and I had the biggest runway that a musician could ever have to prepare for a gig. So we spent the whole year studying the gear of Richie Hareward and Lowell George and Paul Barrere, studying their playing, memorizing uh, lyrics, memorizing all the parts. So when the day finally came in November of last year to be in rehearsal, um, I didn't have a single lyric sheet or note or piece of sheet music or a music stand from day one of rehearsing. 
And um, that gave us a, a significant advantage uh, that shut down. So now, now we're just trying to make up for lost time and we have the energy of a band that's trying to do that. Amazing. <laughs> that's, how, yeah. I, I was to say, how have the fans been? You said you, you know, one of your first gigs being Feet Camp. Again, they, fans of this band clearly are a, a loyal and hearty bond. Yes. Have been through a lot of changes and seeing how, you know, just the times change everything. But they're not going to a, you know, a weekend like that necessarily for just Fat Man in a bathtub. They want to hear the deep cuts. And again, like, how have they been? Have you, did they accept you? easily or is there that one song where you kind of finally felt the tide turn where it was like okay we're we've the the audience and i have reached a uh detente or something like that i'm going to tell you that i am one of the fans and uh <laughs> particularly the campers they welcome me in with open arms and look we were all what was that february of 2020 paul had just died a few months before and the entire event was a memorial for paul mm -hmm. um they welcomed me with open arms. You know, I was welcomed into, uh, we, we did a second line procession for Paul that I was part of. Um, you know, you couldn't get any more of a spiritual inauguration into a band, but to do your first gig on the man's day of passing and then be part of this memorial with the fans at this annual camp that's so important to, the, to everybody, the band and the fans. And me as a lifelong fan, you mentioned the deep cuts. I mean, the fans now have their biggest advocate in their corner for the deep cuts. I mean, we've been out here playing uh, Lafayette Railroad, the fan, Perfect Imperfection. Um, you know, uh, Long Distance Love is back. Mercenary Territory is back. I mean, these, you know, those are my favorite Little Feet songs. Um, you know, we're, we're out here advocating for the legacy of the band, the deep cuts, and obviously playing as many of the hits as we can cram in. And then there will be a next creative chapter of the band. I mean, I have, you know, a long history as a singer songwriter, not just on my own, but also with Greg and with, with other artists as a, as a writer and everybody in this band is a singer songwriter. Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of material lying in wait to make a new album and then we'll take that as it comes, but coming up, you know, to get back, I think this was your first question before we fix the feed, but um the Waiting for Columbus tour is what starts in March. So this year we're going to celebrate, you know, what I think is arguably the greatest live rock album of all time. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we're going to be playing that front to back all year. And in certain stops, we're going to have some pretty heavyweight people sitting in with us. We're going to uh, we're going to be filming some of these shows and releasing them as concert films. Um, we're discussing the idea of doing a Little Feet documentary right now that not only documents the past but the present and future of the band so there's there's a lot of really exciting things in addition to to new original material which is on its way that's a lot <laughs> yes of course you are 100%. This, this is why this is why this is why everyone in the band had to quit everything else right yeah for good reason well the only way you can really do this correctly is and and if to really reclaim I mean, uh, Bill Payne is, as he always does, he's, he's such a, he's a great man with words and he's, he always speaks from the heart, which is why I love him so much. But 
he he said it so well is that the band has really had three chapters or three movements and this is the this is really the third one uh the first one obviously was you know the incarnation of the band that with maybe feats don't fail me now you know um where they kind of went through those first two or three records and and tweaking the lineup and tweaking the songs and the production and getting it up 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 and then the next one would be let it roll which was obviously that was their biggest commercial success of the band i mean I remember being a kid and staying up to watch them on Saturday Night Live play that song. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I saw them on that tour a few times. I was 12 or 13 years old, I guess. Um, I saw them a few times. And that was that was one seeing them, seeing the Allman Brothers. Uh, I saw Stevie Ray Vaughan right before he died. Um, and Jeff Beck. Seeing those shows were kind of the ones that convinced me that I needed to put a band together as soon as possible. You know, it was... Like as much as I love Jimi Hendrix and Ray Charles already, it was like those things were so unattainable. But when I saw the Almond Brothers and Littlefeet, I was like, wait a second, these guys look like me. <laughs> like uh-huh. I, maybe I could do this, you know? Um, so it's it's quite the whole thing is quite a trip. Um, but I feel I, I've never felt so happy and so part of a musical family. I mean, really the last time was with Greg, but of course, you know, with Greg, it was his his solo band, so it wasn't um a collective the way this is, you know, with Greg, I was his musical director. I was his songwriter. So we were able to see eye to eye, but the band was always, you know, like a band that we used at the end of the day, even though he was an amazing, amazing boss in terms of uh, leeway. This is a real uh, six way collaboration. And, uh, and, and under Bill Payne's leadership, which has just been, this has been amazing. Little Feet are heading back out on the road for their Waiting for Columbus 45th anniversary tour starting next week, Friday, March 4th. For more information, you can check out their website, littlefeet.net. And for more information on Scott and to see all the various things he's been involved with, including Little Feet, check out his website, scottsherrard.com. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. Mm-hmm.